Eat my greens, nutrition. You ain't on my pod, then I don't gotta listen. Working out, sleeping in, taking vitamins. Vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. Ooh. Vitamin D, vitamin bitch, vitamin please. Hi, it's Joel Blackstock, and you're listening to the Chaproot Therapy Podcast. Um, I'm here today with uh, Corey Rasmussen and Jared Hardy of the Hardy Nutritional Company. And I've seen their products do some pretty amazing things with different people. Um, these aren't people who approached me and told me that, you know, they had a product and they wanted to partner or something. And they're also not anybody who's advertising I'd ever encountered. Um, what happened was, you know, we're a treatment resistant, um, clinic and complex PTSD clinic. And we work with people that have been in a lot of different kinds of therapy. A lot of times dopamine disorders, especially, um, you can deal with the trauma that is fueling the genetic expression of, you know, the gene causing dopamine disorder, but you're always going to have a little bit of a dopamine disorder, you know, schizophrenia or, um, bipolar disorder or, um, OCD are, you know, hard to treat with it without medication, but also if you've got a very treatment resistant, um, form of a condition, a lot of times you got to play with the medication all the time, you know, stress can make it not work as well and trauma therapy helps, but we heard from multiple patients independently that they had tried all these different things and they were having good luck with Hardy. Um, and so I was interested and I looked it up and, you know, unlike a lot of the fad stuff that is kind of pseudoscientific out there, um, cause a lot of people, you know, have a critique of psychopharmacology, uh, and a lot of the systems that we use in this country that aren't great. Um, but they use it to push a product that is also a scam. You know, you can have a very good, uh, takedown of the system or you can have a very good critique and then still be pushing something that is fraudulent or, um, unhelpful. And, um, the hardy stuff, you know, there was no like, Oh, our secret ingredient that works for everybody is, you know, hornet venom from China or, you know, on the mountainside of Tibet, there's a rare blue flower that will cure, you know, there wasn't any of that kind of, um, marketing. It was just that they were talking about bioavailability and how, you know, um, chelation, they have one of the most advanced chelation processes in the world, which is how you make the vitamin, um, be available to the body. If the, if it holds on too tight, um, then you pass it and you don't get it in your system. And if it doesn't hold it at all, then it will break down in the container. So a lot of things that are labeled to contain a vitamin that you take doesn't really mean that you absorb that vitamin. And they use micronutrition, you know, with um, different time release things. There's a lot of science in it, but they weren't reinventing the wheel. They were just saying that we are actually uh, taking lots of steps. You know, our product is expensive and it's because it's built to make these things available to the body when and where they need them during this digestive process. And, you know, because it wasn't some secret ingredient or, you know, kind of going back to the drawing board and saying, you know, I was interested in, I looked more at the science of it. So I wanted to have those guys on today to talk uh, about their product. Um, you can order it from their website. You know, one day I would like, you know, our uh, clinic is started with just me and now we have some other therapists that do other things. And we now have the QEG brain mapping and neurostimulation. But the goal was to collect all of this brain-based medicine, you know, a myofascial release practitioner, someone who could do gut health and nutrition, um, and have all these people together so that we could start to build the future protocols that we're going to need to treat trauma um, and change the kind of things that we want to change. And um, so being able to uh, collaborate with them is helpful uh, and having, you know, the QEG brain mapping, being able to learn, you know, what what's working where and 
you know, do you, what order do you need certain kinds of treatment? I mean, that's all part of the stuff and part of the reason why we want to do all of this stuff in the same building and collaborate with each other instead of, you know, just referring to providers that talk once or twice. Um, and I hope one day Hardy will be part of that, that we can, you know, have a, a supplement program or something. We don't now. Um, so I don't have any business affiliation with them. They did send me some free samples in the mail after the, the podcast. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, full disclosure, I got some free things. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I use their stuff. I think it's very helpful and I uh, wanted to make it available to more people just because I'd heard success stories from patients. So I'll go ahead and roll that interview and I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. And it, it is, is great to have the added synergy effect uh, effects, plural, really, of what you're doing. Um, from our experience, it really is an important addition. Uh, we're doing a nutrient synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to be as complete as we can and to optimize that. Um, and it works well for the majority of people. Many people also benefit from individualized treatment mm-hmm. in addition. Things like N-acetylcysteine added mm-hmm. to what we're doing. It, it, it's been shown to break down biofilms mm-hmm. of organisms in the gut, and that can be very useful, make antibiotics more effective, um, make antimicrobials more effective, uh, antifungals, for example. And we see a lot of people with gut health issues. So those we, we work with a lot of different practitioners uh, specialized in gut health specialized in psychiatry, of course. Uh, We need medical doctors to help people come off medications Mm -hmm. because that's essential. When we add the nutrients, they need to come off the medications. Eventually, the optimal dose of medication is zero. Mm -hmm. In the majority of cases, that's true of thyroid hormone as well. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about medical things where you can get the body to make what it needs, like, you know, and the cysteine is a precursor for glutathione. That's Um, right. And so that, you know, having a universal antioxidant uh, at the peak capacity that your liver can hold is useful because, you know, if you're at least in America, you're probably going to encounter a poison somewhere, you know, so going ahead and, and you can't take glutathione orally, you just pass it. You can inject it, which is kind of arduous and expensive. But if you take the ingredients your body needs to make it, then you're always running at the highest level of having that. And when you encounter high cholesterol or, you you know, you get the triple baconator or whatever, um, you know, you, you breathe in, you know, fumes in the city or something. I mean, you're just better prepared to be able to handle that um, without liver inflammation and, and a lot of other things. Um, right. I think it helps yeah, with neuroplasticity so too. Exactly. So our focus is on providing the body with all of the raw materials that it can't make on its own. We, we need those essential nutrients in optimal amounts. And in some cases, it varies from person to person by genetics. So we provide a foundation which works for most people in for many different mental health conditions. We have extensive research right now with ADHD uh, in adults and children showing that nutrients are very effective for attention, uh, to restore uh, optimal attention for people. Um, but in addition to that, the studies have looked at the clinical global impression in these trials for children and adults. And it's very effective for mood and anxiety components of the ADHD. And that matches our experience in the other publications 
that have happened, uh, dozens of publications, in fact, not all of them blinded. We're just getting into the realm where researchers are starting to do blinded trials. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have those things like a randomized controlled trial we do here. Is that what you mean by blinded? Yes, a randomized controlled trial. So they randomize individuals to uh, different groups. Some receive our daily essential nutrients uh, treatment Mm -hmm. and others receive a placebo. Do you make blends for specific conditions yet? Have you ever thought of that? I mean, the daily, you make like a, you know, kind of a general micronutrient vitamin. Do you make specific things for um, different issues? In a way, it turns out that we do. Uh, We we don't have specific, uh, well, we we have additional products that we add Mm -hmm. as needed. And so we're creating our own blend by adding yeah. more relevant products. So um, inositol, for example, is very yeah. useful to take the edge off anxiety. Do you combine that with choline? The inositol? Uh, with choline, yes. Oh. Choline is excellent for racing thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, if I individuals... See a, a have, big reduction in obsession. Uh, yes. Yeah. Obsessions, racing thoughts. Yeah, the... The inositol is excellent for physical symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And there's good research for it on its own in psychiatry. Uh, but in synergy with other nutrients, it seems that we don't need as much. You, you do anything and, with L-thionine? L-theanine? Yeah. Sorry. Yes, in some cases that is very useful as an add-on. That was just curious. I mean, now that you should, that, uh, those are sums that we have seen like a lot of... Yes. Uh, good effect with with treatment resistant mood disorders yes yeah it, it can be very useful and that is part of our uh, clinical reference for mm-hmm. health practitioners uh, we've compiled from experience with clinicians and patients over the years uh, what seems to be most effective in mm-hmm. different situations and with anxiety l-theanine it can be very useful so we have a protocol there um, to add it, it's it can be different for different people it needs to be optimized for dosage for different people of course mm-hmm. but we start with the base of the essential nutrients and we add from there so depending on the individual situation mm-hmm. uh, some of those add-ons can be very useful and important do you, do you uh, could you speak briefly about um some of the newer advancements and um i mean newer as in you know 20 years and some of these but some of the newer information that we have about one bioavailability to taking precursors to get something that you want instead of just eating the thing that you want. And then three um, synergistic, the, the, the two things by themselves have an effect or no effect, but combining them gives you none of the individual effects and a completely new one because there's a combination. You know, a lot of this stuff needs to be thought more of like baking soda and vinegar. You know, it's not that, um, you know, if you drink baking soda and vinegar, you have a total, if you eat a handful of baking soda and taste what that's like, and then you drink vinegar and you taste what that's like, that's nothing like mixing them together and drinking the thing that's just the water and salt left behind. I mean, there's a reaction. Um, and, you know, obviously your liver um, metabolism and gut health is a little bit different than that. But, you know, a lot of the things that are not quite yet commercialized or not all the research is even available yet is saying, you know, if you seed the gut with the right thing. You know, because the, the gut is one of the only other places, uh, the only other place other than our brain that has neurons. I mean, we have an enteric nervous system, which not a lot of people yeah. know. So there's, and it's talking directly, you know, to the, the body brain. 
They Go say your is your second brain. And yeah. we know from experience that you have to have a healthy gut in order for the nutrients to uptake appropriately. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, if your gut is unhealthy, if you don't have the proper microbiome there, you can feed that nutrients and actually create more of a problem. It just feeds mm-hmm. off of that stuff. So yeah. it's different than a medication. A medication gets into your bloodstream pretty quick. We're talking uh, about an ecosystem, which I think is harder for people to understand you know, yeah, than yeah. a pill. Yeah. yeah. And harder to The study. microbiome yeah. is a you're, synergy effect. The more complicated your treatment, the more pushback you're going to get from research, you know, for because it, you can't turn it into a number. You know, if I eat Wellbutrin, I know exactly what that does to a neurotransmitter in 90% of people. If I'm saying... Okay, what if the gut, this bacteria goes into the gut and then it takes root and then we rule out the people where it didn't actually respond to that and, and then you feed that bacteria this combination of thing and then that produces uh, a desirable byproduct. I mean, that's a lot bigger and harder of a study, man. I got to get my PhD. Yeah. Yes. So as long as we can fit everything into one capsule, we can do a study. Mm-hmm. And it's not much different than studying food. Mm-hmm. Because food contains many factors. Mm-hmm. And food's it's hard the to energy of those factors that keep us healthy. You know, if, if we're eating well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's really not a stretch. But the reality on the ground is uh, research grants, for example, for so many years, for, for decades, and, and say the last century, uh, you know, there, there's been an explosion of science, but it's been one factor at a time. It's been researched. By Which doesn't measure two or three things working together. I mean, that's why to get these protocols, yeah. the biggest breakthroughs in mental health have not been when somebody came out with a new antipsychotic. Because antipsychotics are very expensive to research. And so it's like yes. these these pharmaceutical companies, I'm trying to, you know, give general listeners a little bit of industry information about the assumptions you guys are acting on, you know, so that yes. they understand this. But like... It's very easy to create a new statin, which is a cholesterol medication. That's why we have like 20 that we don't need because they're all about the same. Because you just play with a sugar molecule until you get it to be slightly different. I bonded this here. Now I can patent it. It's a new thing. And so you you fudge some research that says, hey, this one's slightly better for your liver than all the other statins because statins are not great for your liver. And then, um, you, you know, two or three years into it, they do some more trials and realize that actually it's about the same as a torvastatin and all the ones that we already had. But by then it's generic anyway, so you don't care. Um, and you get to advertise that to every like old guy that's sitting in front of the TV, you know, screaming at the news and like eating fried chicken. So like you make a bunch of money making a drug that we don't need. What we really need is antibiotics and antipsychotics because we have germ resistant bacteria and we have mental health conditions that are very hard to treat. You know, um, the majority of the people that I see um, for bipolar disorder um, that is treatment resistant and extremely genetic, you know, like it's been on, they've been on all of these different combinations of meds forever. The symptoms are never going to quite go away. We got rid of the trauma that was underneath the genetic expression, but the genetic expression, even without the trauma is still very high. And that's where Hardy comes in and has been very helpful. Um, And so there's a huge resistance to researching these things. And when you're, you're, it's been pretty recent that they've started to research how things work together. And the biggest breakthrough yes. in antipsychotics, which is come back to where I started, is not that they came out with a new pill. I wish they did that. They need to do that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do. If you ever get one, it's going to be where there's some kind of socialized sector of research, like in Switzerland. But the the biggest breakthroughs have been when they discovered that when you take a mood stabilizer, an antidepressant, an antidepressant, and an antipsychotic, and you combine them, 
that there is a synergistic effect where they behave totally differently and it's able to stabilize a, a, con- a condition. Sometimes because you have a paradoxical reaction where you can't get any more anxious, so then it pushes you back to your port- baseline. Sometimes where there's a combination in the brain that we don't really understand. But it's been combinations of medication that have become the bigger breakthroughs in mental health, not a new discovery. We need new discoveries and we should fund those. Um, and there's like a lot of corruption issues there that drive me nuts. But um, that this combining these things is very hard to study, which is why it took mainstream medicine so long to do it. And you guys are kind of on the frontier of doing this in a, in a new way that yes. I think research is not going to validate for a while because there's nothing in it for them, not because it isn't evidence-based. Yes. It, it's certainly not nearly the lucrative opportunity that patentable medications are. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But we have researchers independent of our company who have done these blinded trials. And they do it because they care mm-hmm. about solving the issues, the real issues at hand. And, and it's, it's not the uh, quick get rich way. For well, the that's like the, the clinical so, psychology yeah. students, because it's never a clinical psychologist. It's always a clinical psychology student that just took their one-on-one class and has decided, <laughs> I don't know what research is, you know, 10 years into my thing. It's like, I've run randomized controlled trials too, dude. I'm not bad at reading research. I just know if I can replicate something in the room over and over again, <laughs> then that's the thing to follow. But it's like, they'll send you an email being like, well, this isn't 15 years old yet. I don't know if you knew that. Like, yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've, you know, we've been doing the nutrient treatments and we call them treatments because they, they replace psychiatric treatments, <laughs> you know, they, they're more effective, fewer side effects. And, and I think sometimes antidepressants treatment. and antipsychotics, antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs and anti, um, uh, stimulants for ADHD. I mean, I, I definitely think yeah. you can get there with nutrition where I'm really careful to talk about going off medication, even though I'm not a pill pusher, but I also am not right. totally anti-psychiatry. Right. You know, schizophrenia and, and obsess- dopamine disorder, schizophrenia, obsessive compulsive, um, and bipolar disorder, you can lower your baseline some of the time, you know, but the odds that you're never going to need to be on that medication ever again, I think research really you know a lot of people get really angry with me because i can't tell them i can oh you can look at light and color and i'll do the pointer and we'll do somatic experiencing you'll just never have schizophrenia again that's just not how it works and a psychotic break is so damaging to your to your brain and to your you know practical reality that i just want to make clear that when you're talking about that you're talking about you know addictive medication or medication that could be better treated with therapy and health you know it's not not in every condition you know you're not saying that you can you know, 100% cure cancer that you can remove that. Because I know, you know, it's a mental right. health podcast. A lot of people say that. So I just want to qualify what you're saying. Right. Yes. Thank you. It, it's, it's psychiatric medications we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And we can only remove the psychiatric medications insofar as the nutrients are effective in replacing the action of those medications. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not the same in every case. Mm-hmm. But in the majority of cases, certainly we've seen it with bipolar disorder. Yeah. It looks very much like a, a treatment. Psychiatrists mm-hmm. use it that way. They, they, at least we can we can choose different words and say that mm-hmm. people can manage the rest of their lives without symptoms <laughs> by using nutrients alone. That's what we see, mm-hmm. and it, it's people can replace uh, mood stabilizer medications with mood stabilizing nutrients, which are what nature intended for mm-hmm. stabilization uh you know to 
to regulate anxiety. And well, and with childhood, with, with childhood issues, everything's off label anyway. If you've tried the two or three that are approved to be, you know, treatment resistant bipolar in children, whatever you're being prescribed is not approved for what they're prescribing for anyway. They have to prescribe off label because there's not yeah. anything there. Why not try the nutrition? You know, it's right? amazing, Joel. Um, most of the people, I'd say, eighty percent of the people that come to us are on a medication, an antidepressant, antipsychotic, or we're just recently on one. So the principle that Jared's talking about, uh, we, we've learned, it's actually a false positive. So this is what happens if a doctor's not involved and they just go to the internet, find our product, and they're on two or three medications, let's throw Effexor in there, Abilify, yeah. Wellbutrin, and they start taking our product. They're going to feel okay, maybe a little bit of a placebo, I'm excited to try something different, right? Uh, mm. First week, second week, into the third week, they start feeling uh, groggy and all these symptoms and the brain fog and maybe the electric shocks at the back of the neck. And they're like, what is going on? Mm. Well, the only thing that changed is I started taking this expensive vitamin mineral supplement. So they stopped taking it and the electric shocks go away and they start thinking a little bit. But, huh, yeah. it must have been that stuff. But what is actually happening is if they went to the Internet drugs.com, rxlist.com, mm-hmm. Google, and they type in effects or over medication side effects. They're mm-hmm. going to find all those things that they're experiencing. And you so talking about tardive dyskinesia and so what's happening, shocks. Yeah, the body's actually producing all the element, the things that it needs for uh, serotonin uh, mm-hmm. to occur properly. And it'd be like giving a, a person that doesn't need medication, that medication. What are they yeah. going to feel? They're going to feel over-medicated. And so it's an indication that they need to start titrating off slowly. Some of those meds, man, mm-hmm. you, you can't just drop them. You have to yeah. go by one sixteenths, one eighths, you know. And we've learned that over the years. Our our group has had to learn that. And mm-hmm. uh, when someone comes to you and they're on fifteen medications, but which one do you which one do you work with first? Uh, we we know if uh, if you're giving them the nutrients that their body needs, their mind, their synapses are going to start firing appropriately. I just want to mm-hmm. share the screen just for a moment, just to uh, to, to kind of demonstrate. And this is well thought, uh, well laid out in science. This is a tryptophan metabolism okay. or serotonin synth- synthesis. So you keep in mind, some people are going to be on the audio. So um, if you can, you know, just kind of qualify what you're talking about. Too, the visual is always nice to have for the for the video. Sure. Uh, there's a group of medications called SSRIs. They're selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors so they're a medication that affects the serotonin pathways they don't actually make any more they just sort of stop you from getting rid of what you've already made to keep you know a a higher level in the brain which can also cause some some issues and i mean i'm on an ssri like i'm not anti i I just always am afraid of sounding like alex jones i mean this stuff is science it's not uh sure but you can see here just in this pathway we got riboflavin vitamin b6 iron uh we've got phosphorus in there Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a potassium. These are things that are that are needed in these pathways in order mm-hmm. to tryptophan uh, or serotonin in the proper way. When you don't have those things in your body to the proper levels, mm-hmm. you, you're gonna, these are going to suffer. So medications, in that sense, can come in and um, and help that. But what happens when you're giving your body all that it needs? It's going to start. It's like a map, right? Your body just mm-hmm. needs ingredients to follow the map. And once it, it's not fast, uh, vitamins and minerals do not happen quick, you know, quickly, but once it starts taking effect, 
and you still got the chemical in there and medication in there, there's, there's a contra, you know, you, you've got to choose one or the other. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, Jared. Um, yes, it, this is a critical concept and I appreciate you delving into this, Corey, because this is so critical to what we do. Uh, what we try to do there with, with all of these medication interaction effects we've dealt with is we work directly with clinicians. We leave the medications as much as possible, mm-hmm. squarely on the shoulders of the experts uh, who are you know, trained to manage medications. We need to train them about the interaction effects occurring between nutrients and medications. Corey delved into a pharmacodynamic interaction effect. Mm-hmm. That is, as the nutrients act in the body to change the underlying issues of the condition, the medication is needed less and less. Mm-hmm. The body doesn't need as much manipulation mm-hmm. when the underlying issues are solved. And so we see that with many... The, the blend changes. The idea of just a daily multivitamin that works for 100% of the people 100% of the time, no matter what's happening, is, is kind of a, a misnomer. No, and we're not claiming that's happening for yeah. sure. You no, know, I mean, it's, what you're saying is, you know, when I'm the first day on trying to change lifestyle and doing micronutrition, once I restart some of these metabolic pathways or, or build back up precursors, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot of different things, I'm oversimplifying it, but that you're going to need something different a month in than you're going to need seven months in, which yes. makes sense to me, you know, more so than yes. oh, this works for everything all the time. Yes, and it's, so we need to replete individuals who need to be repleted of nutrients uh, to for functions to work optimally. And these nutrients are needed in every cell of the body. They're, and, and they work together mm-hmm. naturally. So the synergistic effect of all of the essential nutrients, we're talking about all of the vitamins, all of the essential minerals, mm-hmm. uh, omega fatty acids, mm-hmm. and amino acids. We supply all of those. Um, the products are produced and, and distributed in the United States mm-hmm. uh, with very high quality ingredients. The, you, you talked about bioavailability. can delve into that a little bit. And synergistic effects. I, I'd like to speak to those. Um, the bioavailability is, is evidenced in results. Yeah, That's what we focus on. So the the blinded trials, independent of us, this is none of these are paid for by our company. Mm-hmm. The researchers are arm's length; they have independent funding. Um, they just publish what they find, mm-hmm. and it does not show that everyone is miraculously well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longer people take it, with with the blinded trials and the follow ups from the blinded trials, number one, it's safe. Uh, there's there are no side effect differences yeah. compared You're to not build tolerance that's to unheard of with any psychiatric medication it, it's it's a night and day difference in terms of side effects and for that reason alone many parents and individuals just prefer it hands down mm-hmm. uh, the stability is greater than what medications can offer actually over time we don't need to find a new treatment because the old one stopped working as it was before and that's a common thing in 
psychiatric pharmacologic treatment mm-hmm. you know it needs careful management and the you know the nutrients help people manage uh, eventually on their own they just they just take nutrients and you know their factors in their lives like sleep and you know managing stress and so on they're always relevant mm-hmm. you know th- those are always important diet those are synergistic effects mm-hmm. um, but when we have a foundation of nutrients those things are much easier to manage uh, people can shop for healthy foods prepare them you know they they can get out of bed um, to do this um, so um, it's it's really critical um, to uh, have the synergy that we need. Um, excuse me for a second here. My sure. well, battery is running low. <laughs> a lot of what you were showing on that diagram and what you guys are talking about is, you know, the the newer, um, not just nutrition, but, you know, all medications. Now they're doing this for psychoactive medications and to try and see um, how genetic testing could inform, you know, what you're prescribed. Um, but there is the idea of metabolic pathways that it isn't just that you take the thing. Now it goes into your body. Now you have the thing. It's that, you know, there's going to be a tree of, if you have the right thing to combine it with, it's going to react to this. And then you have that thing. So when you're trying to control five or six different reactions to make sure it ends up in the right place, you know, that's the science that takes a while and that you have to be careful with. I mean, one example is if a lot of people say, okay, for dopamine disorders, you want to go take uh, huge doses of, you know, B12 and you can't absorb B12 very well orally. So get the kind that stays under your tongue that sublingually goes directly into your blood. Well, you know, the two ways that you can get that are cyanocobalamin and methocobalamin because your body's going to take that and it's going to have a reaction to it. Now, if you're taking cyanocobalamin, the which is the cheaper form that's going to be, you know, the store brand a lot of the time, then that is um, producing cyanide. <laughs> and the FDA would say, okay, well, that cyanide that it's making is beneath the level that would matter, so it's fine. But, you know, until I'm caught behind enemy lines, you know, I don't really want to eat cyanide personally. So I'm going to buy the methylcobalamin. But, you know, how many people know this stuff or understand it? I mean, and that's one pathway for a relatively simple vitamin, you know. Oh, did yeah. we lose Jared? I think we lost Jared there, but I'll I'll segue off of that uh, to what we were initially talking about. Um, it's true. Doctors uh, years ago would say vitamins and minerals don't work. They're just expensive urine, you know, and you yeah. can actually see it. It's way more. I had AP tell me that. And I was like, well, my, but man, look, my cholesterol changed. And he was like, wow. You- vitamins. Um, but what, <laughs> what's, what's different in our product is uh, most multivitamins take just a couple hours in manufacturing. Okay. Mm. put together our mineral blend just alone takes several days mm. and what we do is we we take the minerals and we make them so that they're organic in nature similar mm-hmm. to what you find in broccoli and mm-hmm. that's called chelation and we have a special type of chelation you can get chelated uh products in the health food store usually they're expensive yeah. because it's 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 hard it takes a process to do can you but explain chelation that, like the, the the difference in that Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, I'll take a stab at that. So, there are natural chelators in nature, and what what, just scientifically, says, chemistry. What what is what is chelation? Yes. So, chelators are are binding minerals to stabilize them. In in some chelators are very strong chelators, and so they bind minerals 
and deprive our body of them. You can bind it so strong that your body can't get it off of what you're using yes. to stabilize it. It's exactly like with, with the yard when you've got when you the, you know if you do forestry, there's like sand will let the water be pulled out of the ground, but it won't hold any water. So there's as soon as you dump the water on the plant, it's gone. Clay will hold water for ten years, but the problem is the plant it'll hold it so well that the plants can't get it out. So you need this kind of blend of sand and clay in the middle in order to be stable enough. And that's, you know, the moving target that you guys are trying to hit for the most amount of people the most amount of time. Good analogy. Yeah. We, excellent. Yeah, we need a reversible chelation. Mm-hmm. So it's bound and delivered to the body. And the natural chelators do that. Um, there, there are multiple forms of natural chelators. You know, um, in, in fruits, we have... Uh, malic acid we have citric acid uh, we have other organic acids that can serve as chelators mm-hmm. and th- there are, are natural chelators in soil as well and and they help the body or the, the plant rather uptake minerals the the fungi are are you know breaking down the rock form minerals mm-hmm. into forms that the plants can use all of these natural chelators are quite complex and we're just trying to recreate that the best we can with our proprietary uh nutritech chelation complex mm-hmm. we're creating for all of the minerals um this is just a process for minerals not vitamins yeah uh, we're we're trying to bind the minerals so that uh so they can be delivered um more optimally to the body that's the key for bioavailability and it it's bulky Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the blinded trials were done using 12 capsules per day. Mm-hmm. And the majority of that is, is the bulk of macro minerals, calcium, phosphorus, magnesium. There's just not a way to make it small. We're delivering. Yeah. They, our bodies need them in gram amounts every mm-hmm. day. And so it takes quite a few capsules to deliver those. Um, but they're effective. For example, magnesium has a lot of overlap in mechanisms. An astounding overlap in mechanisms with lithium. Mm-hmm. And lithium is used as a mood stabilizer and has been for decades in psychiatry. Mm-hmm. You know, we yeah. replace lithium entirely in most cases. In some cases, people use less than 20 milligrams of mm-hmm. lithium together with the daily essential nutrients. And, and I'm talking about psychiatrists. It, it, it's useful. Lithium, we have a, a very small amount of lithium in our product one milligram in those 12 capsules Mm -hmm. that have been studied and that's about as much as people will get in food and water Mm -hmm. each day we we have some lithium that we intake every day Um, and and there's some fascinating research about how that helps with mood stabilization so we're treating it as a trace mineral but magnesium seems to do the bulk of the job Mm -hmm. lithium in pharmacologic levels as used in psychiatry, seems to be a poor substitute, mm-hmm. if I can say it that way, for the designed uh, action of magnesium. Mm-hmm. So as, as soon as we start giving the body the levels of magnesium that really take care of that mood stabilization in a more effective way, people feel like themselves. Mm-hmm. With lithium, they don't. They, they, they have plenty of side effects. They feel... Uh, headaches and tremor you know different it, it's difficult to find just the right level and, and to have them feel like themselves 
Mm-hmm. Um, with magnesium, with the full set of nutrients, I should say, including magnesium, um, we it's critical to have a balance mm-hmm. of magnesium and calcium, uh, sodium, potassium. Our, our bodies are designed to have these nutrients from food, and they're present in a natural balance. You know, there's a reasonable balance that soils and plants will, throughout the world will give us. In some places, for example, iodine is deficient in soil. That needs to be supplemented somehow. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we need to have foods from other areas where the iodine is not deficient mm-hmm. in order to avoid deficiency of iodine, similar with selenium and with other trace minerals. So it, it helps to have a broad variety of foods in our diet mm-hmm. to meet all these needs. That's kind of, that's what we're doing with the nutrients. Mm-hmm. We're ensuring that the body has all of these nutrients mm-hmm. at recommended levels and it, it, they function. So that's the synergy aspect that you asked um, if we could address. Um, you know, you could think of the, the functions of the body working together um, like um, a dam yeah. holding back water. You know, when the dam leaks and breaks, you know, the, our level of function is lowered mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, you know, and what we've done in, in our research is look at the number of people who don't meet just the minimum requirements mm-hmm. to avoid deficiency disorders. That's the, the recommended dietary allowance, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's only good for 97 to 98% of individuals in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, they estimate an average need. They uh, go up a couple of standard deviations. And and in theory, that will meet the needs of 97 to 98% of apparently healthy individuals. Yeah. We believe, from our experience, we're working with the, the tail of that bell curve. So mm-hmm. people who are not meeting their needs, even at RDA levels. Yeah. But the reality is, not people. Many people are not even getting the RDA levels, mm-hmm. and so it's not just that two percent of people who are deficient in these nutrients, and it's not just one nutrient they're deficient in. They're chronically low in these nutrients, and so mm. it becomes really useful to use a supplement to top up these levels. Mm-hmm. The Institute of Medicine, in creating these levels, stated that the RDA would not be deemed sufficient to replete individuals previously undernourished. That's the situation we have in our countries. We, we eat a lot of calories, but yeah. they're often nutrient-poor calories, not nutrient-dense. And so, you know, it, it's a slower process. We could, we could try to eat more nutrient-dense foods to replete ourselves, and that's useful still, absolutely mm-hmm. useful. Um, but it helps to top up these essential nutrients with a supplement. It happens more quickly from our mm. experience. And then people can manage with an improved diet mm. much more effectively. We, we find people's needs for the nutrients are variable depending on the nature of their diet, the nature of gut health, nature of genetics. Some people have a higher genetic need for certain nutrients, and that's reflected in what the Institute of Medicine. Uh, mm-hmm. displays as a bell curve of nutrient needs. Some people, you know, the majority of people need that average need that they estimate. And some people need 
higher than that. Mm-hmm. And so in a famine, some people will fare better than others. We, we've seen this in real yeah. life. Uh, you know, in, in the Dutch famine, for example, um, there were higher rates of uh, mental disorders mm-hmm. documented. It's, it's well documented there. And who had those mental disorders? Presumably those who are more genetically susceptible mm-hmm. or who have poor gut health. And of course, those who did not have quite as a good a diet, mm-hmm. what they're eating may not have been quite as nutrient dense. Can you extrapolate a little bit, Jared, for those that are listening and might not understand what happened in Holland, World War II, and why that why that happened? Yeah, so I, I think it's a useful case study for what's happening um, in, in a larger way um, in our society. Uh, you know, we think of of a situation of famine, and and we think. You know that's that's extreme. Uh, none of us are starving, right? But we are starving for essential nutrients. That's what many people don't realize. The calories, one sixth of total calories in the United States of America is from sugars. Mm-hmm. There are zero nutrients mm-hmm. in those refined sugars. Uh, so all of us immediately that's one sixth of our total calories yeah um more than that not contributing to our nutrient needs and then they're they're added fats in addition to that those those are very calorie dense and nutrient poor when they're refined so what we really need is the whole food Mm -hmm. with the nutrient dense uh minerals and vitamins from those plants well, and we're, um, we evolved to seek out things that contained salt, sugar, and fat. And then yes. you know, because of starvation and ice, ice ages and droughts where we needed to carry weight. And now we're in a position where, you know, we can just pull salt, sugar, and fat out of any vending machine. And all of a sudden, right. um, you know, what our, what, our, what our body feels like it wants is not actually what it needs. And yes. then to explain the complexity of what you guys are doing, it's like, you know, if, if the car is reliable, you know, human humanity is on every continent other than Antarctica. I mean, we're one of the most diverse um, and what we're able to, you know, as a species and what we're able to live through and live on and live around, you know. And so the genes are different globally because, you know, people live in different areas. And now, you know, we ha- can get on airplanes all of a sudden. You know, it's not like you yes. can see everyone in this one region. Like they evolved the same, you know, if somebody needs to be able to synthesize vitamin D and they're from Norway, their skin is a little bit lighter. If that's you yes. know, where the gene pool came from, than somebody who needed to protect against skin cancer and block out the sun and they have more melanin in their skin, you know, in the equatorial place, yes. you know, so there's all that together. And you're trying to say, okay, this works for the most people. The most of the time, I'm suspicious of anybody that says their thing works for everybody all of the time. That's kind of, right. you catch the grip. Um, and we, you're trying to, to, yes. to make that work, but that is complicated because just because we're living and alive and whatever doesn't really mean we're getting what we need. I mean, like yes. you can take a Toyota Camry or a Geo Tracker and just, you know, beat the hell out of it and never change the belt and never change the oil and probably get 250,000 miles on it. You know, the radio doesn't work or whatever, but you can do that to the car and it's still going. But it, you know, it is the car as a person metaphor, like we don't feel good. We don't think clearly, yeah. we're not in a good mood. We're not re- achieving our potential. Right. Um, we're not treating our mental health. We're spending all this money on therapy. We're spending all this money on whiskey. We're spending this money on weed. Yes. You know, and then those have some secondary effects too, that yes. we treat a top level symptom, but make the bottom level symptom worse. 
and right. God's words. And yeah, I, I love that. that so much. I love that analogy. So I, I wanted to go a step further with this and talk about famine in our day. Glyphosate mm. roundup in farming is just poured on crops. Yeah, glyosulfate. There's a, essentially, there's studies where one third of a pound of glyphosate runs into Lake Erie, for example, from every acre mm-hmm. in the Lake Erie watershed every year. It's it's poured onto the land on crops, and and there's it's well, sprayed we don't on even wheat. spot treat anymore. I mean, just so people yeah. are familiar with what this works, Roundup is glyosulfate, and glyosulfate is cancer for plants. What you were doing <laughs> is making cells mutate. Just like cancer to where there is no more, um, what's it called? What's the little, there's no more telomere on the cell. And so it is just replicating until the plant kills itself with tumors. So that's the plants, which we used to, you used to say, okay, well, if there's a little weed in your yard, you get the spray bottle and spray it on it. We don't do that anymore. Okay. What we do now is we say, we're going to grow Roundup ready crops that Monsanto owns. There is a um, patent on that seed. So yes. if you go and pick some of the seeds off that corn, you just broke patent law because the Supreme Court has said that you can patent life now, which is kind of an insane thing. Um, and so this, they own that genetic structure. And yeah, you cannot business. be a farmer and make any money unless you're growing this potato, this corn. So it's all the same thing that you're eating, right? And we don't spot treat weeds. What they do is they grow Roundup-ready plants whose DNA have been developed to resist this yeah. poison that yeah. causes plant cancer and then we pour it on all of it and you eat it yes it's because it was genetically resistant to the crap that's our system right and people sorry uh sorry to interrupt interrupt like like non-gmo foods and that's a good thing in this situation you know um we we don't want and and what we really want though is is roundup free foods uh because there are non-GMO crops that are also sprayed yeah. with Roundup right before harvest. Uh, mm-hmm. Fields of oats and wheat. And those are staple crops. E- even if we're trying to eat a, a good whole food diet, including those whole grains, mm-hmm. you know, we could be depriving ourselves of minerals in a significant way because glyphosate, the active ingredient there, is patented mineral chelator that's what it was first patented for it's very effective speaking with a plant pathologist from purdue university who spent his career after world war ii researching the effects of these sprays on plants he made a very fascinating statement this is uh, dr don huber mm-hmm. and he, he's done some fascinating research and, and presented uh, some of this information about glyphosate mm-hmm. and its damaging effects um, much of that research is not his own, but he's compiled it and, and presented it. Um, he, he made a very interesting statement based on his personal career, his own career researching plants and the chemicals, chemical effects on plants. He said, I don't know of any herbicide that's not a mineral chelator. Mm-hmm. That's a, a incredibly important statement in my mind. Too. Like it's not, it, it is, it isn't a, 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 it is not a pesticide that is not uptaken into the plant's site. It is. So whether That's or not the plant dies of plant cancer doesn't mean it's not in there chelating things. And you're, 
you're saying I was saying gliosulfate later because I'm running into the problem that I had when I was like eight, where I was like reading above my reading level. So I'd say subtle because I was reading things that I hadn't heard people say, you know, <laughs> so I didn't know how to pronounce it. So, you know, you curl up with scientific journals by the fire. That's the other thing that, that makes me frustrated is the people who send me emails saying that I don't know how to read research typically read less research than I read. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I'm anyway, thank you for correcting me because I I've nope. read this stuff, but I, you know, there's not a ton of people that are willing to talk about it with me, my wife. Yeah, no problem. The, the concept is what's really important. And that is, you know, when, when we're intaking the, the sprays that are depleting us of minerals on a daily basis, we have a famine. We have a very real famine of minerals, essential minerals that we need. Mm-hmm. And so that's in addition to food choices. So we're already cutting out a lot of minerals by refined flour for example, um, by added sugars and fats in our foods. And and we need these minerals for function. What we're finding is we're just getting to that threshold, like in the Dutch famine, where people can't handle such a low level of nutrition. That's what we seem to see. People we don't know what's making us sick. We think we need more pills. And and, and it's not even like we need a supplement or something. We just need food. We need nutrients. Right. There's and we need all those nutrients in the cell. It's not like okay, well, you need hornet venom because you're low on whatever, <laughs> and you need. To, it's just like your body is designed to have a lot of micronutrients doing things in cell walls, in microglia, like yeah. in myelin, uh, in yes. your liver. And if you don't have that, you feel bad, and you keep being like, "Oh, I need to go to gym. I need to go to therapy. I need yes. to buy this product." And it's it's not that. It's just ground up. If you don't have yes. this yeah. stuff in your body, you can't make cells work. What? It's what we're made out of. Like yeah. if you were to boil us down, you get a bunch of water and you'd have a little pile of what? What is yeah. that? And, you know, our body is made out of it. So if you give your body the ingredients that it's made out of, it has a map in it. And mm-hmm. it will. we find that it repairs itself over time. Mm-hmm. Like if you cut yourself, the body is going to send some white blood cells. It's going to mm-hmm. create a cell, right? It's good. It knows what to do, mm-hmm. but the body needs the ingredients. And mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not anti-pharma. But, you know, uh, Abilify, our body, like, that's not like what, if you boil it down, like, that's not what it's made out of. And when you give your body what it's made out of, and it, it, it starts to fix itself and start getting all these neuropathways going, the synapses start firing properly. It, it's a wonderful thing to see. Jared says they start feeling like themselves, normal. Yes. You know, it's. Yes. Yeah. People feel like they come out of a fog. Mm-hmm. They They have. Clarity of mind, uh, they have stable mood. You know, there's still, of course, the the regular emotions that we feel. It doesn't blunt emotion, uh, like people describe with medications, with psychiatric medications in many cases. But you know, it, it, it's just great to to have the option. You know, we're not anti-medication, but mm-hmm. many people choose to give the nutrients a try and and even try them first mm-hmm. before medications. And and we found that that's very useful. And, you know, so when well, you're ready the, for therapy, you're ready for therapy when your brain is working. I mean, it's like yes. so much of the stuff that's environmental. I can't really change. And even brain based yes. medicine, which is working on the brain's desire for, you know, the parasympathetic and sympathetic to resync and this, you know, to get trauma out of the subbrain. I mean, what's the thing that all the brain-based medicine practitioners tell you if you go do QEG brain mapping or neurostimulation or you go do brain spotting or you go do emotional transformation therapy is drink a lot of water. 
you know, increase neuroplasticity, get some rest, drink water, eat healthy yes. for the next 12 hours so that you're, you can actually build new neural net connections. Yes. Yes. In that way, I'll, I'll go a step further here. So we, we've talked about vitamins and minerals and it's pretty clear based on what's happened in a, in, on a large scale that we need minerals. We've seen that those are key mm-hmm. in therapy. We find amino acids enhance mm-hmm. the effects as well. So we, we try to provi- provide a foundation of all the essential nutrients for human needs. And, and so we have the vitamins and minerals in our daily essential nutrients product. We add omega fatty acids mm-hmm. to ensure the brain has those. Those are essential. Um, and then we add amino acids, especially when there's healing to be done in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the body's expressing genes and needing to change receptors, that's all the work of amino acids. Uh, so what we've done is we've adopted another aspect of nature. We've tried to just go right straight to nature. And what we've done is we've combined free-form amino acids um, both the essential ones and the non-essential ones in the same ratios as in mother's milk. Mm-hmm. And the, the remarkable thing about this is when we did the research, mother's milk in, in Thailand and Japan and Europe and Africa is almost identical in amino acids, very little variation. It, it's, it's by design. It, it's, it's a level of amino acids for human needs. And so we just decided we can't find anything better than that. So we're giving that ratio of amino acids mm-hmm. in a pill and people use it for healing from concussions, mm-hmm. healing from trauma. And we rely on practitioners doing the work of therapy uh, to get those neurons connecting. Mm-hmm. Just the nutrients by themselves in this case, you could see are not enough. We need to fire those neurons together and wire them together. The, the firing happens with therapy and the, the wiring happens with the help of amino acids. Mm-hmm. As well as vitamins and minerals and omega fatty acids, they all need to be there. We're not just choosing one among these and that's key to the outcome. I don't, I don't want to take up um, you know, y'all's whole uh, day with this. We really appreciate you sitting down and, and giving information um, you know, that... that uh, it helps people make a more informed decision about different things. But um, can you say anything about uh, microglia? Uh, have you looked at any of the the newer research on the brain mechanisms that lo- looks like maybe you know Alzheimer's and different things? Why some of the things that work work, and why some of the things that um, we will invent in the future might work better um, for brain health, or or like myelin in the brain? Uh, anything with the neuroplasticity? Are you familiar with those? Right. So. I'll just speak in more general terms here. The glial cells are providing support mm-hmm. for those neurons, nutritional support. And where is that coming from? Well, you need to have it in your body in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then those cells will function as they should. You know, we, we focus on neurons a lot, but there's a lot happening there. Um, you know, um, so I would just say in, in general terms, um, we're just providing the raw materials. The body does its magic. Mm-hmm. It would be fascinating to see what changes mm-hmm. come in in scanning studies, uh, in you know brain mapping, 
We have the QEG brain mapping clinic. We um, are looking in the future. I mean, I'm not anywhere where you can do it now, but um, Diana and Jay don't have the aversion to academia and publishing that I have. You know, they both have, you know, d- dual degrees, PhD, whatever. And uh, so it, it may be something in the future we could we could start to look at, you know, does the we, change just with supplementation? Yes, we'd love to do that. We are open to uh, research Yeah, uh, with our supplements and others, uh, you know, we, we've worked with clinics doing QEEG mm-hmm. and they find patterns that change with mm-hmm. the nutrients. They, uh, so that they, they can find, they can identify patients uh, for whom the nutrients will work very well. Mm-hmm. And it's a broad set of patients <laughs> yeah. based, based on the patterns they're finding the nutrients well, and it's not going to hurt you know it's not, it's not going to hurt them you know there's not a doubt if you t- try it and it doesn't help you then you stop yes. taking it i mean it's not like you're going to withdraw yeah. it's not there's there's not a, a huge downside um and you know it's expensive nutrients but there's not a, a giant initial investment you know like there are with some of these other things and right. you guys were talking about people who are able to go in and then you know tear down off of you know some mood stabilizers and antipsychotics you know or um, you know mood stabilizers and um, um, antidepressants. But it's like how much of that is just a total misdiagnosis anyway that you're skipping when somebody's coming to treat it that way instead of going through the doctor getting on the drug doing this. I mean, how much of it isn't even the nutrition as much as that you didn't have? Because I mean, like when I was first starting out, um, you know, we have kind of a pretty specific referral pathway now. But when I was first starting out, I would get referrals from psychiatrists that are like, this person's on a horse dose of antidepressant. It's an 80 pound woman. I can't put her on anymore. You know, I mean, this is kind of hyperbole. Obviously, they're not on, you know, a horse dose medication, but they're like, I can't raise that, um, you know, sedative anymore. So you need to go to a therapist for anxiety. Well, what goes on in your house? What's your routine look like? Well, my husband beats me. Okay, well, I'm not going to do Zen meditation while you're experiencing domestic abuse. We can talk about why you're, uh, you don't feel like you can get out of this situation or you don't think you deserve to, or we can talk about practically what you can do. And, you know, we have referrals for different things to support you and education about the cycle violence, all this stuff, right? That is the right way to go. And we're medicating that. Because somebody said, are you anxious? Check. Is the anxiety show up this way? Check. All right. DSM-5 definition met. Moving on. Like, the environment is, which I mean, the DSM says you should check the environment, but they don't do it. Um, You know. And yes. And we're so quick to medicate. That person who goes, yeah. You know, you're you're looking at um, all the things that the doctor is not checking for, like what's going on with their body, what's going on there. Um, Yes. So a lot so of this, just, anyway, short version is a ton of people on these yes. medications. It's not appropriate for them or they don't even need it. They just need to talk to somebody. We do medication first and therapy later. If you run out of, if the medication doesn't work, half the people that go to effective therapy need less or they don't need the medication. We've, we've had to create a support center over the years, uh, kind of like a call center and teach uh, staff to, to talk a, about a few things to help them along. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other side of our business is scientists like Jared, uh, Taryn, and Dallin. They teach doctors. So doctors will come in and they'll ask their questions. We'll consult with them. We have modules that, that we just teach the ABC principles that we've learned over the last 23 years. They're not difficult, but they're not taught in universities. They just, they just aren't, at least to the extent that we teach them. But we have wellness advisors if people aren't working with their doctor and just want to talk with uh, people, ask questions. And we, we have people, we encourage people to call in and, and uh, find out everyone's a little bit different, okay? And uh, 
you know, if it's amazing what nutrition can do, but it's also amazing what stops nutrition from working, you know, so we talk a little bit about those principles. Yes, yeah. there actually are, you know, Corey mentions that these things have not been covered. There's very little nutrition instruction, mm-hmm. uh, medical doctors, for example. Because it's not patentable. And the person right. who's teaching them doesn't know it. And they're taught by right. going into a hospital. And I mean, when right. part of when I was in outpatient social work and we're uh, assertive community treatment team. So we got the worst, the worst cases of people in the state that were actively psychotic and going to ERs all the time. And we we're trying to engage them. You know, um, like part of my job at that point was to have medical students in my car for part of their residency to teach or not residency. What what just part of their when they're students to teach them that was part of their psych rotation and they liked it because the psych rotation in the ER is kind of boring. But that was like so many were like, why don't they teach me this in the hospital? Or I can't wait to get out of the hospital so I can learn the way that other things do it because we we don't think about how much of their school that it's we think it's all textbook and test and they come out and they know everything. I mean, a lot of it is just following another doctor around garbage in garbage out you know like if the doctor from 1980 wasn't trained well and isn't doing a good job and then you put a student with them and tell the the student to follow them around what are they learning you know and i mean really all the students that were bright and fun they understood these systems we had these conversations while they're in my car and they were like how do you know this stuff and where did you learn it and i could give them different resources but they're medical students you know nearing the end of their thing Talking to a social worker that's been out of school for an hour and, and you know, is has enough obsession to read the all night long instead of sleeping. Like what what is our system? Right. Yeah. There so it's it's changing. Uh there there are many psychiatrists we've trained over the years, uh primary care doctors, nurse practitioners. Uh, as well as therapists of many kinds. And we're grateful for all of them. They come with a wealth of knowledge, right? And they can apply that knowledge in the case of medications in a critical way, for example. They, they're not trained to take people off medications <laughs> nearly like they're trained to put them on medications. Uh, well, just talk to them they first. Do I don't know if they need the medication. We don't even do that anymore. It's like right. we shifted medicine to billable services, which and so with psychiatry, the free market is frustrated because it's like, where's the service? You're not doing an operation. Right. So it's, you know, we talk to you for anywhere from five to 15 minutes and then put you on a pill. That is not enough time. You don't know me. You don't know right. what's going on. You know what right. I want you to know. You know, you don't yes, know if I'm I, smart enough to trick you. You don't know if I feel like I'm not allowed to say this stuff because of the household I came from. You don't know if my self-image is lining up with my actual. You don't know any of this stuff. Right. You know, and it, the screener about domestic abuse and do I fall in my house and all the stuff that you your liability management team made me do. I spend more time right. doing that than I do list, talking to a doctor and the doctors right. don't read that stuff. The CRA right. is supposed to go through it and see if maybe I'm right. getting abused. They don't. You know, <laughs> right. If there's anything that's appropriate in, in, in with that approach, from our perspective, it's nutrients, because everyone needs these essential nutrients. And you can't talk with a person for 10 or 15 minutes and say, I wonder if you're needing some more essential nutrients. Let's try that. It, it won't hurt. You know, uh, in the case of using them together with medications, it needs to be carefully monitored. Because there are medication effects that can increase over medication. Are there any contraindications? Like, I'm not a medical doctor, so nothing I'm saying is medical advice. Right. And you're 
you guys yeah. have different training, but you're not acting as, as MDs on here, you know, but right. like if I'm on, you know, blood thinners, whatever, I, can yes. I just go grab a hearty product? Do I need to know anything um, about you, the indications? You do. And we recommend that people work, if they're taking any prescription medication, that they work with a prescribing clinician in the process. And we have a map we've created. We've, we've worked with um, trained many prescribing clinicians. And those who are accepting patients uh, may choose to uh, list their practice on our website. Uh, we have a find a locator, uh, find a, a health professional uh, locator, and it, it it includes therapists of many kinds, nurse practitioners, uh, medical doctors, psychiatrists, and you know a, a person can search for what they're looking for in a practitioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know they 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 need to go through um, individually with a practitioner to assess their needs. Like it, it really is. It's more than just throw the essential nutrients at people and we get a clear, consistent response with everybody. Uh, with many people, especially when they're unmedicated, if they try it first before they use medications, it's a much simpler road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and many people have are, are very pleased with the results. Sometimes it requires some extra expertise. Uh, you mentioned L-theanine, um, and acetylcysteine mm-hmm. might be useful, um, and other things. Uh, we, we're well. A lot of people they, they want the product that has the ECCG in it, but the pure green tea extract has a lot of caffeine. You know, yes. and the best way to come off of Adderall is not to just take a ton of caffeine. L- you know, alethanine right. is able to stimulate focus without yes. being a stimulant. Excellent. Um, yeah. And we, you know, this is a good point. Even, even substances like caffeine, uh, marijuana, um, nicotine, we've seen significant interactions with. And so it, it a, an individual doing this on their own um, can get uh, interference effects from hmm. these things. So the good news here is people who are drinking multiple cups of coffee, coffee or, or tea a day for the caffeine effect to keep themselves energized, find over time they don't need to use as much. That's what we've observed. We actually have a blinded trial, a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial with cigarette cessation hmm. using daily essential nutrients. This was done in New Zealand. They found the most robust effect of the trial was they smoked less over time. Mm-hmm. And the initial observation was not just cigarettes, but marijuana as well. Uh, people would spontaneously just lower the amount they were using. But you're just falling asleep naturally. You know, why why reach for your whatever you're reaching for? <laughs> yeah. And no. So the good news is people tend not to feel the need as much mm-hmm. for these substances over time as they use nutrients. Uh, probably changes. They, they feel good. You have any evidence uh, from any of the studies you've done that it changes the GABA? Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's that's interesting. We we don't have that specifically. That would be my guess. We're changing that's out GABA. Right. It changes the effect of the medication as well, or it changes the effect of marijuana use or something as well as the yes. We see plenty of evidence that it would be effective mm-hmm. um, if we were to study that specifically. And you know, we, we we're not like a pharmaceutical company. Yeah, with millions of dollars, um, billions of dollars to, to pour into 
this research. And, and we're not really interested in doing that. We want an independent investigation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, like, we're so obsessed with like the, um, the quality of the study internally, but we don't look at the external system, which is real frustrating to me. I mean, it's like, yeah, they were incredibly, um, the research design was flawless and what um, uh, these cigarette companies used for 20 years to prove that we really just can't figure out if there's any link between cigarettes and cancer. I mean, that research was so high quality. Yeah. Some of the, the best PhDs in the world are on that stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, but, for some reason, you know, couldn't... Uh, the good news here is yeah. we, we have medications that we're replacing with nutrients, mm-hmm. uh, GABAergic medications. Right. And and so we have strong evidence from our perspective of, you know, if, if you're to consult with psychiatrists who have used this for many years, they would say there's strong evidence mm-hmm. that we're affecting GABA. What does what do nutrients not affect in the body? Yeah, that's the real question. It, 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 it's nothing. Everything is affected by nutrients. And that's a, a huge difference between a, a magic bullet approach of a medication, even a few different medications used together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only, they're very limited uh, mechanisms of action involved mm-hmm. with nutrients. There are a multitude of mechanisms known and many really sparsely known. Vitamin K has receptors in the brain. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned a blood clotting medication, that's an, an interaction that could happen with blood clotting medications. Vitamin K could be involved, okay? Yeah. We have vitamin K in our product, so it's not a good idea just to add the nutrients. And curcumin is another one you don't really want to take with the blood. Right, blood. right. So these things need to be carefully monitored. Milk thistle can also make your uh, medication, you know, anywhere from four to 12 times more effective if that's one that it slows down the liver processing of, which is not people get in trouble. Yes. Th- that that is a major interaction. So Corey went through the pharmacodynamic interaction where the nutrients are used in the body. We're, we're building the the base of nutrients, and more serotonin is produced, and it's mm-hmm. regulated better. More dopamine is produced; it's regulated better, and and all of those functions require nutrients. In addition to that, the lever the liver enzymes and intestinal enzymes, uh, cytochrome P four fifty enzymes, are a major source of interactions with medications. Mm. We, we speak with medical doctors all the time. This catches their attention. Mm-hmm. They know they need to monitor medication levels when they learn. And many of them have not, don't have it on their radar, at least, that the synergy effect of these nutrients used together is known to affect medications. Even taking nutrients separately, uh, considering them separately, vitamin D inhibits nine different cytochrome P450 enzymes that we've found in the literature. Mm. And it includes all of the major ones, CYP3A4, CYP2D6. And when you look at interaction checkers, vitamin D is listed as a moderate or a major interaction effect with Mm. different medications involving cytochrome P450-3A4. That's the most common one used to process medications in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and, and 2D6. These enzymes were actually naturally used for vitamin D itself. That some of them are called vitamin D3 hydroxylase. That's the name of the enzyme. <laughs> it's used for vitamin D in the body. Uh, but 
the medications come along and the body uses the same enzyme. Mm-hmm. So what's, it's a competitive effect. Uh, the body can't clear the medication as quickly because vitamin D is there. Mm-hmm. Now you think of the implications here seasonally. Many people in the United States have vitamin D produced in the skin if they're outside. Many people are not. But if they're outside, they can have a lot more vitamin D in the summertime mm-hmm. than in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. They might be over-medicated in the summertime because the vitamin D is blocking the excretion of medications, metabolism. Mm-hmm. So the medication builds up in their bloodstream. And people say eventually, after a few days out in the sun, they say, I don't feel well in the sun. Mm-hmm. They think there's something with the sun. Well, I think this might be a mechanism involved. Vitamin D is increasing and it's increasing the side effects of medications. As a result, more medication is being kept in the body. Mm-hmm. It's not able to be processed and excreted. And so in the wintertime, the opposite could happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Vitamin D levels are low. person might be lacking medication. They might feel more depressed mm-hmm. on their antidepressant in the wintertime when they're not producing as much vitamin D. So you have these fluctuations. I think those are very real. Mm-hmm. And a person can, can smooth those out by supplementing with vitamin D and keeping a more constant level throughout the year. Um, but the good news is they could also achieve the ideal mm-hmm. from our experience. In well, in a lot of natural traditions... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. There's kind of there's kind Just of a gradually lowering the medication over time with the help of a prescribing clinician, mm-hmm. right? And and eventually, what we find is the optimal dose of medication is zero. Yeah. Well, and you know, like a, there's a million examples, but if you go through kind of. Um, older you know ancient world traditions a ton of this stuff was just naturally figuring out how to um manage these things a lot of food culture is around that you know um it was relatively modern you know that they started to make sauerkraut so that people didn't get scurvy on uh, boats because you could keep sauerkraut but you couldn't really keep citrus fruits right i mean even going back like the ancient vikings i mean you drink mead in the wintertime um, and the mead there is different than what we're making now. When you use honey must and a lot of the natural stuff, you end up with vitamin K and vitamin D and probiotics that you're not getting as much sun, you know, in the, in the winter because it's cold and, and to survive in Norway, you got to be in the mead hall or, you know, the tent with a fire. Um, whereas in the summer you're out on the, on the ocean. So, you know, a ton of those things are just the society left alone, you know, naturally figures out how to kind of regulate itself and, and comes up with ways to, to make these things tradition, even if we don't know why. Um, but a lot of how we sort of are failing to have a, um, a myth or guiding principle or any sort of, you know, cultural center in the modern world, uh, we lose all that stuff. And then we don't know why we feel bad. And you guys are part of the project of trying to rebuild those things. Yeah. And, and money makes it difficult. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's um, the problem. Yeah, if, if you look, you talk about citrus and scurvy on the boats. A lot of people have heard about that. How long do you think it took them to mandate that? Over a hundred years mm-hmm. since they first, first found it out. So sometimes things are a little bit slow. Yeah. And But there, we talked a lot about science stuff here, but there's so much stuff beyond the, you know, the metabolism and all the vitamins and the lithium, whatever it is. You got the mom that's sick and tired of going to the principal's office because her mm-hmm. kids can't can't be handled in school, right? Mm-hmm. And then the mom decides to try this, and 
a month or two later, you know, some things really start changing and the kid doesn't visit the principal's office anymore, you know. And, and we've been doing this for 23 years. We got just about 40 medical journal publications, 40 of them. And uh, the evidence is pretty clear, at least to me, that if you give your body what it needs, that it will it will repair itself. Nutrition isn't the fast train, but it's, it's the right track uh, to, mm-hmm. to be on. And, and we would suggest that give it a try first. But if you're if you're one if something needs to happen uh, either medications or you need to change some things give give a nutrition a try first yeah. and see, see if it'll it'll help um there are circumstances where people do still need a little bit of medications to keep them stable okay mm-hmm. and we're not anti-pharma but we we understand a little bit what's happening in the body and it's uh, we really thank you for your time today to kind of get into these nuts and bolts of things joel it's been really good yeah, we really appreciate you guys' this time. Um, I um, thank you for having me, and we'll definitely put anything that you would like in the show notes. We'll link to your website, which is um, hardy.com. What, 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 what is it? Hardynutritionals.com. Yeah. Hardynutritionals.com or okay. gethardy.com. Okay. Yeah. I'll, we'll link to that. And, um, you know, if anyone has any questions, I'll just let them, you know, reach out to you guys. Um, it's it's not a product that you can get through Taproot um, right now. So, you know, um, um, reach out if you have a question. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Eat my greens, nutrition. You ain't on my vibe, then I don't gotta listen. Working out, sleeping in, taking vitamins. Vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. Ooh. Vitamin D, vitamin bitch, vitamin please.